Boom! There it is, ladies and gents, ready to rock and roll. Another Business Bros episode, and this is all about cash flow engines. Do you want one? I bet you do. If that if that's what you're looking for, then this episode's for you. Let's do this. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Bring in the heat, baby. All right, look, we all got gifts and talents and skills, but the trick is to design a life where we get to utilize those gifts, skills, and talents. But how do you turn your passion into cash flow? Today's guest believes that those skills and talents, which he calls honey, uh, could be cultivated into real life-changing business opportunities and cash flow engines. I'm excited to hear how he's transforming the lives of his clients. So let's get ready to talk all about the intersection of business systems and spirituality on this episode with Mr. Ernesto Mandowski. You said before the show that you've never that you're a different kind of podcast guest. Well, I'm a different kind of podcast host, my friend. Welcome to the program. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm cool, this is this is amazing. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Dude, I told you we were here to have some fun, right? You got a smile yeah. on your face. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, That's what I it's do. all about. If you can do, do what you love doing, man, then why are we doing it? <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. If you're not if you're not juiced up a hundred percent of the time with that with that flow, if you're not in the flow, then what the hell are you doing? If you're not what in the, the flow, you then you gotta go, my friend. That's go. it. That's, that's, go. that's all the bars I got right there. You got a you got a GTFO if you're not in the flow. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, man, <laughs> let's do this thing, honey. Like when I think honey. of honey, the first thing that popped into my head was Jessica Alba. You ever watch that movie? She's like like the girl that I woo that epitome of, I, of all things, right? <laughs> I have not, but she is. Yes, she, she is. definitely She's beautiful. Is. She's beautiful. Yeah, you. You talk about honey in a completely different way. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your background and like, what are you doing for people? Yeah, I, uh, I'm from Miami. I wanted to get into restaurants when I was an older human and <laughs> studied systems engineering at school. And uh, my parents thought I was crazy for wanting to go into restaurants. My restaurant bosses thought I was crazy because they had no idea what systems engineering was. And, you know, I was pretty lost growing, uh, navigating early in my career, but I was committed to a vision and that vision would be finding that intersection. Mm. Uh, after reading a book about, you know, the Ritz Carlton hotel. Yes. So the Ritz Carlton, everyone knows them as like, Oh, seven stars, like super bougie, super luxurious. They have amazing service. Yes. Their team is trained, but what people don't know is that regardless of who you are as an employee, whether you're the pool boy, the housekeeper, the bartender, the front desk, the executive CEO, everyone has access to this incredibly powerful CRM system. And they know exactly what your preferences are, what your favorite drink is, when your anniversary is. And all that information was facilitated through tech. 
when I read that, I said, wow, like, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And over the course of 10 years, I, I worked at Deloitte, I, which is a big tech consulting firm. I worked in a restaurant group. I worked in, I, I started my own bakery in my apartment. I, I did a lot of different things. And while I was kind of chasing that intersection of restaurants and systems engineering, no one knew how to help me. I had to like become obsessed with the topic. I had to learn like the, the help, the help uh, documentation of, of all the tools that I was working with. And I was really frustrated and in a lot of pain. So I said, for the next person who comes after me, I'm going to write a book for them. And in that book is going to be everything I learned about analysis, about tech, about restaurants. And as I was writing the book, I had this big realization that my book, my story is a lot bigger than, than just food. It's, it's inspired by bees and how they make honey. Mm. So when bees make honey, they go to different flowers, they're extracting nectar, they're transferring pollen, the flowers make fruit, and then the bee go, goes back to the hive to create honey that they survive off of. We are doing the same thing. We're going to courses, conferences, uh, companies, jobs, we're extracting all this, all this knowledge, these insights, and then we're passing it to other people where it could be helpful for them. We're creating fruit, you know, opportunities for each other to grow. But then we go back to our hive and we create our honey, which is our unique value prop that we give back into the world. I was doing it in restaurants and tech in the form of a job. You are doing it now in the form of a podcast, teaching people how to start a podcast, teaching people how to grow their business. And, and we're all creating that honey. The difference is most people are doing it unconsciously and you know they play victim. And the people who are conscious about it, they're awake, they're, they're, they're becoming founders, they're taking control of their life, and they're recognizing that super unique thing that they have that drives them. And then they give it back, and then they monetize it, and then they build a company around it, and they ultimately create freedom, which is, you know, the dream. That's the goal. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? You're developing something. You're building a life by design. It's something that you want to do. I, I, I agree with you. There's too many people right now that hate Mondays and love Fridays, right? Mm -hmm. Sunday night is anxiety field because they got to mm -hmm. wake up the next day. They got to go do something they don't really want to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I turned 40 this year and there's a lot of thought process. You look in, young, uh, man. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. But there's a lot of thoughts, you know, at that point, you start looking at life like, am I halfway done? What have I accomplished at this point? Am I doing what I love to do every single day? My brother and I have discussions on this stuff all the time. Like, uh, there, there's a part of me that is always trying to be better, trying to improve, trying to, to continue to push that gas pedal all the way down. And we have discussions all the time like – are we supposed to be living like that? Like, are we supposed to be putting pedal to the metal all the time? Like a hundred percent gung ho, or are we supposed to kind of take a step back at some point and kind of, you know, enjoy the honey that, that we've been creating for a while to, to enjoy yeah. the fruit that we've, that we've been cultivating. Like when people design their life, there are few that can design something that is giving them a lifestyle that they want. Others design a life that, allows them a lifestyle not necessarily what they want but it's a life that they love to live how do you kind of balance sure. that out when you talk to people about that because not every passion is going to monetize and make them a billionaire 
they might make, you know, 30, 40 grand a year, but they'll love doing what they're doing versus making, you know, 100, 150 a year doing a job they hate. Right. Right. It's, uh, the answer is as individual as the human, Mm. right? We all have, we all have different values and like the, the single answer I could say is that it's different for everyone. You know, someone, I have a friend who loves to go out, loves to party. He loves to make $150,000 or, you know, $250,000 and he's a slave, but he loves to go out. Like he loves to go to the clubs and be seen on the boat. Like he loves that shit. So, you know, that's great. He's doing that. Uh, then there's other people who like want to get married and want to get serious and want to have a kid and want to start a family. And, you know, it really just depends on, on, on what you're valuing in life. Well, let's jump into the. So I titled this uh, episode today, creating a cash flow engine, right? Because really at the end of the day, we're, this is a business bros podcast. We're talking about business. And so uh, I want to make sure that we at least kind of hover around that topic a little bit, right? Uh, Talk to me about, about the design aspect of it. So I got an idea. I have some fun, like podcasting, for example, there's a lot of people who start a podcast because they want to talk about that thing that they're talking about. There's no real intent for monetizing sure. right off the bat, but sure. it becomes something that they want to do later down the road. They're like, Oh wait, I can actually make some money off this. Oh, wait a minute. And kind of open their door. How does somebody take a passion, something they would wake up on a Saturday morning with nothing to do and they'd be doing it anyways and turn it into a cash flow engine. Well, the first thing they got to do is talk to people who've done it before. Uh, everything is monetizable. A goddamn picture of a monkey is monetizable. Like, yeah, <laughs> you could turn anything, you could turn anything into a product or a service. You just like have to really think about it. And most people don't know what they don't know. So one day, you know, I start a podcast because I love it, and that's great. And it's it's very important to build that consistency because the amount of flakes in this world are, you know, it's impossible to count how many people like. They're fake. Like, you know, they say they want to do something. They don't actually do it. You can't handle the truth. True. <laughs> like, you know, the most important thing is like become consistent in something first, right? Do a hundred episodes first. Yes. Don't even think about monetizing. Just, 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 just build the muscle, go to the gym, join the gym for, for three months at least. Uh, and then when you, actually realize you love it when, when the honeymoon when the honeymoon phase is over you're like oh i actually still really love this i still want to keep doing it okay now how can i actually think about like making it sustainable and you know i don't teach people how to build a podcast but you asked the question like how do i turn a podcast into a cash flow engine you know for those listening who have podcasts and i'm sure you teach this you know, create some sort of like a, like use the podcast as a networking tool or use the podcast as like a, like an opportunity to pitch your guest, your product or pitch your guest what you're looking for. Because, you know, now you compound, like you take that one hour of time of meeting someone new and it's actually an opportunity to like give something to that person or ask something from that person in a way that you could just exchange and like create value for each other. And it's, it's, it's finding these moments where you could just keep doing that, keep creating value, keep 
keep cross-pollinating, keep transferring that pollen to each other. Because ultimately, if you help me, I'm going to want to help you back with whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. Uh, and if I can, I can. And if I can't, like maybe I'll find someone who can. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, this whole podcast space, it's, it's one of the, to me, it's been one of the best prospecting tools I've ever come across prior to yeah. it. Um, you know, my, my background is in, in real estate. And so into real estate agent that sucked hey can i get five minutes of time so you know i'll buy you a cup of coffee like that's ah, cool dude i got my own coffee i'm great and no, nobody wants to meet with you but as soon as i shifted it over to you know hey i got this podcast i'd love to hear what you're doing yeah. about you know what you got going on when it's over i'll give you the full video full audio and yeah. to you like all yeah. of a sudden that same interaction um, that would have given me, you know, five minutes of their time. Now I get them for like 30 minutes and I get to ask them all kinds of cool questions. And I never know, like this could be an opportunity where now we're doing business back and forth, or I'm, I'm, I'm using them as a referral source. And maybe, yeah. you know, I'm sending them business on a consistent basis, whatever yeah. the situation is. And at the very least, when the person signs up to be on the show, I got their name, email, and phone number, right? Which is in, in business. Those are huge things to try to accomplish. Uh, you know, monetizing a passion for, for me on, on the one side is easy because I love what I'm doing, but how do I get those clients who don't necessarily love what I'm doing? Now all of a sudden right. I got to learn a whole new business side, which is branding and marketing, right? Like th this is a whole new aspect. When you're doing it for yourself, it's fun. When you're doing yeah. it as a business, all of a sudden it's not as fun as you, uh, as you'd like. Well, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day. Yeah, exactly, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to say also about, like, you know, taking the passion into a business and then, like, making that one hour, like, super memorable. Like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, the <me> <laughs> like, like, the memes and, and the stuff, like, you were always going to be that guy that, like, had me on this podcast and, like, it, like had meme intermissions in between questions and stuff. So like when people are, are turning their passions into businesses, it's like, look for those tiny moments, tiny, they last six seconds to like insert something that's so unique to you. Mm. It's like, wow, like attention today is, it's so fragmented. Like, and, and when you like create these, they're not even hooked. Like, it's like little pixie dust that you're like sprinkling on, on these moments that like make, just make this amazing and make you so memorable. 60% of the time it works every time. 100% exactly. of the time. 100% of the time. You just got to make people feel good. Like we live in a social media era, right? Like if you are scrolling on social media, this is what one of the things I tell people all the time. Stop scrolling. Stop hitting the like button. Love a post means hold down the like button just a little more and mm. leave a comment. You're talking about attention. The only reason why we post stuff on social is to get attention. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's a picture of your kid, of your food, of yeah. the podcast. Like it's all about getting attention. And if you are the type of person, if you're truly trying to build your business around that kind of sphere, the people who are already in your circle – give people the attention that they're looking for. It will come back to you in huge yeah. folds. Like spend that yeah. extra time, you know, and, and I, to me, I think this goes back to the bee analogy. This is how you're cross pollinating. Like yeah. if you're spending time on a social media feed and you're giving people that attention that they're looking for, 
they're going to come back to your flower and pollinate too. And I don't want to yeah. kind of start getting stuff crossed there. Yeah. going to go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, have you ever heard of Dunbar's number? No. What's that? Uh, Dunbar was some like famous scientist or something. And he, he was a sociologist, sorry. And he did a study about how many, how many people can you actually maintain active relationships with? And what, what do you think the number is? I think it's actually low. I mean, my own personal, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like four or five. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that low, but he says you could keep, well, I guess it's all relative, right? Your definition of relationship. True. He says 150. There are about 150 people in your close, loose, you know, yeah, network okay. I can see that, I can see that, that you can keep in touch with, you know, colleagues and close friends and family friends and acquaintances and whatnot, but anything past that, and you're not really connected. And so what I've been trying to do actually on social media, and I don't know if I'm like breaking the system or not, but I have actually been unfollowing a lot of my friends. Like I, I try to, I try to keep that 150 is like, the high, when I'm above 150 on Instagram, like I'll go on, go to the least interacted with, unfollow, unfollow. Because it means it means I'm not loving the people or the yeah. algorithm's not showing them to me. And, you know, a lot of my friends are triggered by that, but it doesn't matter. Like I actually see my friends in person. Like I don't need to like their stuff on Instagram. Like I actually know in real life what, what they're doing. Um, so I really try to try to do that, like be intentional with, with who I'm following and what I'm what I'm interacting with. Oh man, I, I, you know, when you said that 150 number, okay. So loosely, I guess people in your life that you want to maintain a relationship, I can see the 150 or so. So I teach high school, right? I teach a, a class called financial algebra, 17 year old high school kids. We get oh, to no learn way. about, you know, credit cards, taxes, buying a car, buying a house, that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, it's 150 to 180 new kids every single year. And wow. I get to learn all these different names. And the, the sad part about it is a year later, I get a whole new batch. And the year after that, I get a whole new batch. If I happen to see somebody who was in my class, I graduated a year, two years ago, I will recognize a face. But, and I will recognize, like, I'll remember things about them, things they did in class. Yeah. But the name is hard, right? And I think this is where yeah. you start that 150 number really goes into play. Cause when we go on, a, on, on Christmas break or we go on spring break or something, like, you know, I'll still remember a lot of them. And, and we'll come back and it'll be good. But as soon as the year ends and you don't have that day-to-day -day interaction with them, they do become afterburner stuff, right? Like there's there's nothing that holds that connection uh, ver for very long. Now, when it comes to the relationships, I think the more systematic you are in maintaining Correct. those relationships, Correct. that will Which, increase that number. This is where CRM comes into play, Which right? is where the cash flow engine kind of comes into play. Like how do you systematize parts? How, how do you turn into a robot? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, no, really it's, it's how do you conserve your mental energy, right? Like, you know, in, 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 in a month and three months, like I'm going to hit you up. Be like, Hey, like I'm launching a podcast, like come on my podcast. Or I, I have a systematic process to like keep in touch with every single one of the people because I don't have to like actively think about oh, the thing. Like, you know, it's in the system. Yeah. And as long as the, the system is kind of maintaining all of this information for you, you could use your true energy 
and creative power to fo- like build a new relationship or build a new project or launch a new product or like create new opportunities. That's, that's the real like creator economy that we're kind of moving into, I, I believe. And some of those systems and processes are the automations that you have in place. And I think this is where a lot of times we get mixed up with abdication, right? So for example, um, in, in a couple months, yeah. you're going to hit me up. I'm pretty sure the initial hit me up is an automated conversation, right? The start of that has got to be automated. Um, whether it's, you know, I have an automation. Uh, I'll give you a perfect one. It's a great example. Uh, when you sign up to be on my show, one of the days, one of the things I ask you is for your date of birth. Because it puts you yeah. into a happy birthday automation so that I remember you on your birthday, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. not everybody responds to those, but you get a text message from me and say, happy birthday, you know, eat a piece of cake from me. And then after that, wherever I take the conversation from there, that's 100% between us, our relationship, the right. dynamic that we have with each other. But the scheduled interaction is there. And I think that's that's kind of the hard part for a lot of people when they when they want to grow their business is scheduling that interaction, scheduling the follow up process so that you can enhance the relationship. It doesn't always it's like anything else. The first time you do something, it sucks. The first time you have a a, you start a relationship, you know nothing about the other person. You're just getting to know them. It's not a good relationship at first, but you have to work at it. You have to build it. You have to grow it. You have to take that extra step. I mean, I'm assuming that's where the cash flow engine really starts to take off. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, that's exactly it. Like when you're not, you, you said relationship, when you start a relationship, you know, you don't know anything. You have to like get to know the person. When you start a business, you don't know shit. Oh yeah. You don't know anything. You think you 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 don't know. You you think you do. And you think you want to offer this and you think your customer wants this and you think, but you don't know anything. It's it's all uh, a science experiment. Um, but inside of of not knowing things, you could still create a framework, a process to run a test. I have a, I I have a hypothesis that I can close ten clients, so I'm going to reach out to a hundred every single day. So you get on a prospecting tool and you start hitting people up and you add them to your CRM and you have a discovery call and then you like measure like how many did you convert? Like, oh, did you have a high conversion? Great. Like that is, even if you don't know any, even if you don't know anything about your business or product, like that's still like a systematic design that you could, you could try to experiment with. And that's, that's mainly like what I teach people and, and where the cash flow engine philosophy uh, kicks in. Because, you know, it's all about like shooting shots, shooting your shots, seeing what happens, measuring the result, measuring the, the, the failure, if, if you say, and then like looking at that feedback and then like shooting the next shot and shooting the next shot and making a little bit of an adjustment until you eventually get the, the routine or the rhythm that like hits, that aligns, that like the customer's like, yeah, hell yeah, I love this. And that's when the cash flow engine really is, is humming. Exactly. Everybody talks about the end game. Nobody likes to talk about the progress. I love, uh, I heard a Kobe Bryant line where he's like, it's when you wake up in the morning, it's when you're in the gym, it's when you're doing all those workouts. That's the actual, that's the, that's, that's the dream right there. That's the actual yeah. process. That's, that's the part that I, I don't think people quite understand in you have to enjoy your process. You have to enjoy your day 
yeah, you can put in a bunch of work to have that cash flow. But then even then, once you have that cash flow set up, uh, you know, my brother's a perfect example. He doesn't have to go to work. And now he's still struggling with the, what do I do today? Right? Like, is it, is it valuable for me? Is that, is it like the human needs purpose, right? We need something to shoot for, but oftentimes we can't even come up with the, with the, what do I want question answer with the thing, right? So instead we go to somebody who's going to say, you know what, do this. You clock in at nine, you leave at five. This is your goal for the day. And we're kind of content. We almost need to be told because we're not willing to to take the time to sit there and think about what we want ourselves. Right. Because when you take time to sit about what you want, sometimes, you know, my wife's a therapist and, you know, we are always talking about feelings and like what comes up and and how you, how you sit with the feelings and people like, I don't want to meditate. Like, I don't have time. I don't have time. What they're really saying is they don't want to sit down for 10 minutes and experience the anxiety that they actually are going through every single day. Mm. But when you are able to sit and, and listen to that, you know, on the other side of that, there's, there's true magic that I don't believe enough people uh, take the time to do. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I have, I've done this for the past month and a half or so. Uh, I listen to nothing on my drive to work. No headphones, no radio, no nothing in, in pure silence in the car. Uh, and the whole idea behind that is so that I can talk to myself, so I can hear myself, so I can kind of be in that moment and get my get my head yeah. right. Um, when I'm running in the morning, I'm definitely listening to something. But just to have those moments of me thinking, me yeah. feeling, um, it's I can't say it's given me clarity yet, but it has given me things to think about. It has given me like. Yeah. Yeah, like just that time to think. Um, I, I was listening to Eric Thomas the other day. He was talking about how uh, he wouldn't take uh, advice from his mom for becoming rich because she's not rich. So why would you take a work work ethic from her that the rich don't work? They think, right? And that's kind of mm. one of those things where you're you have to sit down and take the time to think, whether it's about a process, whether it's about the customer journey whether it's about what you want to do with your Whatever. time or, yeah. or what skills that you have, you have to take the time to think. Uh, before we head out, because we got a few more minutes left, I want to make sure I give you the floor. Final thoughts. And and if people want to reach out to work with you, how can they do that? Well, I always tell people they can come check out my website, uh, my all my personal websites, ErnestoMandowski.com. Uh, I have a bunch of resources on there. I have... Uh, I have events every single month. Uh, people, I teach about business systems. I teach about mindset. Uh, I have a bunch of video courses that teach you about Notion, which is the primary tool that I help people get set up on. Um, and through all of those pr- programs, you'll eventually get led to inviting to book a call with me. Or if you know you want to get started, you could just go to freesystemscall.com. And that's just a direct path to scheduling a call with me. So, uh, honey, um, how did you decide to go with, with honey and the bees analogy? I'm kind of curious why you went with those. Cause bees are pretty, they're worker bees, man. They do what the queen tells them. Yeah. Uh, you they know, they, they got their nice little colony. They work hard. They're, 
but honey's delicious as well. How'd you go with the honey question? Yeah. You want the the podcast approved answer or the <laughs> <laughs> I uh I was with my friends. We we were in Pennsylvania and uh took some mushrooms and went into the forest and I just basically came back just realizing how connected we all are. You know, we are all connected. Nature is interconnected and humans, I believe, are interconnected. Like our lives are. It's just the, 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 the collapsing of all of our experiences into, into this one thing. And that's where, that's where the analogy came from. No, that's great, dude. I mean, sometimes you need to have some of those experiences. And I'm not condoning the whole mushroom thing. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that sometimes yeah. you need an outside experience, right? Um, I get all kinds of flack because I'm not a big on traveling. Like, my wife likes to travel. I'm not yeah. really big on traveling. I'd rather just watch a movie and pretend I was there. I'm good. Like, for me, in my mind, I'm good. Uh, but at the same time, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to, to think, like, Sometimes having these outside experiences give you gives you a perspective that you otherwise wouldn't have had, right? Whether right. it's whether it's picking up a book, like I read a lot of different business books and self help books, but sometimes yeah. picking up a fantasy book will give you a completely different perspective. Uh, traveling to a different culture will give you a completely different perspective. Talking to different people that you normally wouldn't talk to will give you a completely different perspective. So I love that you yeah. like, you stepped out on on your own and and gave yourself the opportunity to see that. Where do you see your company going here in the in the near future? Uh, well, I'm launching a community this year, uh, next year, and uh, I hope to. Sorry, scratch that. My long term vision is to help one million companies use the power of the six P playbook, which is the underlying framework for the cash flow engine. So that's kind of my long term ten to fifteen year goal, and. I sincerely believe that I could help impact a million entrepreneurs, leaders, founders, company builders with, with business systems. All right. A million it is. That means you are going to have a colony, my friend. You're going to build your own hive. Ladies and gents, look, if you're getting ready to start your business, you need a little help. You don't know where to go. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, Ernesto's website. It's his name, so you can't really mess it up. ErnestoMandowski.com. ErnestoMandowski.com. You can find him on social at Ernesto Mandowski as well. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, Ernesto, thanks for coming on the show, man. I hope I set the podcast bar really high for you as you oh, yeah. uh, continue on your podcast tours. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I think you you will you you will have the trophy. I think for a very long time. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the whole point. Find your honey, ladies and gents, and get going with it. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace, and we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.